Welcome to the Sword Cinema Podcast. This week, we're going to be taking a look at 1980s Airplane, written and directed by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. Here's a clip. Stand by for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there with the baggage loader. Airplane. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music. There is only one river. There is only one sea. Airplane is dancing. Never has the screen been so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I can make a or a brooch, or pterodactyl, because you're um... Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I've got to get out of here. All right, that was a clip from 1980's Airplane, again, written and directed by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. Uh, joining me to discuss this spoof is Ricky D, of course. What's up, Patrick? I'm, um, I'm nervous, but excited to talk about this film. The reason why I am nervous is comedy is my least favorite genre. Yeah, it's definitely the least cinematic of genres, I feel like. So there's a lot less to talk about with comedy. And either you like it or you don't. It's so subjective. I mean, every genre, genre is subjective and every movie is too, like what your opinion is of it. But it seems like comedy is its own beast. Most people can share opinion on horror movies and stuff like that, but comedies are very personal. Yeah, but the thing about most comedies is a comedy can have like 600 jokes, but only 200 will land. Or you will find 300 of the 600 funny. And so there's these in-between moments and spots where you're just not laughing and you think it's lame. Now, Airplane, thankfully, is a really good comedy, which I think is solid from start to finish. But here's the thing. You chose this movie. I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. And I remember really liking it. But watching it again now in 2020 as an adult, I can't imagine why I thought this movie was so incredibly funny as a kid because most of the jokes most likely went over my head, especially a lot of the sexual jokes. Of which there are a ton. <laughs> There's so many. I got to admit, Patrick, I was stunned, like shocked that this movie is as good as it is, even, I don't know, 30, 40 years later. I can't remember when this movie got released. 1980 yeah yeah because i'm not a fan of these movies like i was looking at the internet movie database um uh credits for each of the screenplay writers and directors of which there's three the zazz three oh mm -hmm. and yeah i'm not a fan of these movies i don't like movies like naked gun or top secret or scary movie i really really just it's not for me but airplane Wow, what a great movie. And before you cut in, the reason why I think this movie works is there's so many jokes, so many gags. Like you, you, you I think I counted like up to 8 jokes within a minute. Like within a minute, 8 jokes, right? But it's not like Family Guy, which is a a show that I personally find really annoying because with Family Guy shows like that, 
they just throw a bunch of jokes to the wall and they just see what sticks, right? But it's just pop culture references. Like there's nothing intelligent or clever about the jokes. But with Airplane, we have so many jokes happening within a minute, but they're all clever. And you need to watch the movie more than once to actually catch every single gag. So I'm like kind of blown away how well written this movie is. In fact, the only bad joke, the worst joke of the movie, is the first gag in the movie. When you hear the Jaws theme song, <laughs> as soon as I heard the Jaws theme song, I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be like one of those Naked Gun movies. I'm not going to like this. And no, <laughs> like the first joke is like the worst joke. Yeah, I think, okay, so one of the reasons that I, I picked this movie, it you know, it is its 40th anniversary, although I I can't remember if it was actually November or, or October or what, but I happened to watch it on Netflix because I had not seen it in a while. And I, I have a pilot friend, and we, we crack lines from Airplane occasionally, you know, all the time, but I hadn't actually watched the movie uh, in a while. And I was struck by a, a simple thing, and you, you, you brought it up, uh, that most of these new movies, the, or the, the newer, the more modern spoofs, because they don't really make spoofs anymore, but the ones that got into like the 90s and the t early 2000s with the scary movie and not another something movie, <clears throat> I think they, they, they lost track of what a good spoof really was. Airplane doesn't rely on pop culture references or movie references. It's not going after specific movies, even though you could make an argument that it's sort of a takeoff on airport. Really, it's based on a, a 1957 movie called Zero Hour. Almost like plot wise, it's, it's, it's based on that almost to the, you know, beat by beat. And even the main characters name the same. Um, what it does, is it tells jokes. It, it makes jokes. It's a funny movie. It's spoofing a genre, the disaster genre, and it's spoofing tropes within that genre. And then within its spoof, though, it's creating its own brand new jokes. It's not relying on other movies or your knowledge of other movies, like every other spoof that came after it, which almost wants you to just like wink, wink at you like, hey, remember, you know, Sweet 16? You know, remember remember the '80s teen movies, or remember like remember Scream. That's all those movies do. Scary movie just wants to remind you of things that you've already seen. Airplane is telling you it's it's making a comedy and it's making original jokes, for the most part, except for that little jaw, like you say, except for that little Jaws reference. I can't really think of what other movies it directly references. Well, and that's it, why I don't like the Jaws reference because to me it's just it's a lame joke. It's just like oh, let's reference this movie that everybody's seen. Like to me, that's not clever. You can easily write a screenplay. It's not a joke. It's not even a joke. It's just a reference, and yeah. that is why I was really worried when the movie opened. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be one of those movies that just references a bunch of movies, and it's not. I mean, it's no different than you go see a stand-up comic, and the comic, the whole entire stand-up routine is he references like one specific movie that no one in the audience has seen. Well, no one in the audience is actually gonna laugh because they have no idea what this dude's talking about. Good comedy is written so a vast majority of your viewers can understand the joke and laugh. And what's amazing about this movie is you said it came out 40 years ago. Every single one of the actors in this film prior to appearing on Airplane, and that includes Leslie Nielsen, they all were actors who had only appeared in serious roles, like in dramas. Like none of them had ever done comedy. And the reason why they, they specifically want to cast people who had never done comedy before was because they wanted them to deliver the, the, the dialogue in a deadpan humor type of way. And that's why it works, because like when you're watching a movie, every single one of these characters, like when they talk, it's like they're taking themselves seriously. Like they don't even realize it's a joke. They're not putting themselves in a spotlight and say, hey, laugh at me. That's another thing. I wanted to, I, I wanted to say like they believe in the story and they believe in their characters except for one. I'm going to say I mean obviously there's some zany side characters but there's one character that bugs me and when we get to the things we want to change about this movie I'll I'll talk about that character but and, who I would utterly remove because that is the only person that doesn't treat the situation seriously. Um, but yeah, that, that to me is a key to a spoof that, again, later spoofs, who, who, even when you get to movies like Hot Shots, which I, I like Hot Shots. I understand if people, you don't like the spoof, you know, genre, and you don't like Hot Shots. But even movies like that that I like later on didn't understand that the, everybody needs to treat it seriously. That's what makes it funny. Yeah, but the thing about Airplane is 
when you look at the screenplay, it's one of the best screenplays ever written for any comedy. Because there's a story. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's a three-act structure. Like, a lot of the spews I've seen, it's basically just a bunch of random scenes just to reference, like, specific movies, but they don't really tie into the overall story of the movie. In this movie, there is one scene, there's a few flashback scenes, but they still tie into the character. Like, the, the main character, um, his name is uh, Stryker, right? Ted so, Stryker. Yeah, so it still gives a backstory of Ted Stryker, who's arguably the main character of the movie. So it still makes sense to include those films. But I mean, you could take the screenplay and it could just you could just read that, you know, adjust the dialogue, like make a few edits here and there. And it could just turn into like an actual movie about an airplane that's going to crash. And it's a serious film. You know what I mean? But I mm-hmm. love the way the movie opens, the way they introduce all the characters walking into the airport. And again, every minute that passes there's a, at least like six seven eight jokes and like i'm just like oh my god i gotta rewind the scene like there's so much going on here there's so many characters being introduced and i'm only like five minutes into the movie and i already want to rewind the scene to catch all the jokes because this is amazing now i'm going to jump ahead i'm sorry but like at the end of the show we all we always ask five questions and one of the questions is who is the audience for this movie can they make this sort of movie nowadays in 2020 and I got to tell you, I don't think they, they can make a movie like this in 2020 because I kind of feel like if they did, there would I mean, they could, but not a, not within the Hollywood studio system. Mm-hmm. I think if they made a movie like this in 2020, there would be like 100,000 blog articles with people complaining because they are offended about so-and-so joke. And that's not to excuse uh, some of the poor taste in writing in this movie because some of the jokes don't age well. But, like, I'll give you an example. There's a, 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 um, a flashback where Ted Stryker is at a bar. And he's staring at, um, oh, my God. What Elaine. Name? Elaine. He's staring at Elaine. He sees her for the first time. And he's, like, he's just love struck, right? Like, love at first sight type thing. And he looks across the bar. She's on the dance floor. She's dancing. There's a dude standing next to him. And he's, like, pinch me because I think I'm dreaming. So the joke here is that the guy standing next to him thinks that he's hitting on him. So it's like, ha, 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 he thinks he's gay. Ha, 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 that's funny. Now, you could look at it like that. But to me, it doesn't matter if it's a dude standing next to him or a lady. Like, it's just weird that if you're standing next to a random person, you, you make a remark like that. It makes it seem like you're hitting on that person and he doesn't realize that. To me, that's the joke. So I was talking about this on Facebook and I'm like, guys... The thing about this movie, right, is it's not mean-spirited. Yes, there's a few weird jokes that could not pass in 2020. Like the pilot, he makes like some weird remarks to the little boy that makes... I mean, he comes across (laughs) as a pedophile. Am I wrong by saying that? No, you're absolutely right. And it's supposed to be subtle, but you're supposed to be like, what's up with this pilot? Oh, it's not subtle at all. (laughs) I mean, the first time he says, have you ever seen a grown man naked? That right away would get you probably stopped from your comedy doesn't work anymore but then it's more subtle after that have you ever do you like gladiator movies and I, i've always thought that, that was the funniest line like what does that have to but, do but with i read that in the original script the line was hey joey do you like to suck a man's cock like i heard that was the last line in the script and clearly that wouldn't get into the movie and the weird thing is i think if that made it into movie it would have actually been funnier uh but that kind of humor just can't work in 2020 people would just lose their minds But again, the movie is not mean spirited. So even if it makes fun of Jewish people or women or or gay men or I don't know, white men, like whatever, whoever it's making fun of the 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 black duo who who talk and jive, none of it is mean spirited. And that is why I love this movie. I think the comedy works for a mass audience. Like I can't imagine anyone not finding this movie funny. And this movie is so good, so good that Otto the blow-up doll has a credit on internet movie database has an actor. <laughs> One of the most famous movie props of all time is credited on internet movie database has an actor. That's mind blowing. I mean, I think even the scenes, like, could you do the scenes with him again? Um, you know, are we in that climate where she has to inflate him? Right. Uh, or, you know, they have the cigarette afterwards, which is, I mean, such a nice touch. <laughs> Uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. I, I want to say, like, yeah, I, I think there's an audience for this movie um, going forward because I think it, the jokes work really well, and there's setups and payoffs. That, that's the difference between a reference and a joke, right? 
like a joke, you have a setup and a payoff, whereas a reference is just hanging out there. It's just a reference. Do you recognize this? If so, then yay, we share a connection. Um, but the setup doesn't take long. Like the, the problem I have with a lot of the spoofs these days is you have like about five minutes where they're setting up a joke. And by the time they get to the joke, you already know the joke. In this movie, they're setting up like 10 jokes in a matter of a minute and you're trying yeah. to catch up. And so every joke yes. catches you off guard. There's a simple line in this movie, okay, where Elaine asks Ted, have you ever flown a plane or have you ever landed a plane? Or I forget what the question was. And he's like, oh, she, oh no, the woman next to him who says uh, nervous. And he says, yes. And then she says, first time. Is it your first time? For, uh, she means is it your first time flying, but she just says first time. And he's like, no, I've been nervous before in the past. I actually thought that was hilarious. Like, I could not stop laughing. I've been watching The Golden Girls, which is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. I've seen the show, like, three times from the first season to the last season. And I'm on my third viewing of um, of The Golden Girls. Like, I'm on season two right now. But the point is, I've been watching this the, the sitcom, which came out around, I guess, the same time as Airplane, right? And and the, the jokes that, that they were writing, it's just, it's the same thing, right? Like, you have a setup but within the setup, there's like eight little jokes to lead up to the setup. And so even if like four of those jokes don't work, there's still four jokes that do work. So it's like, I feel like the comedy back then was just so much better than the comedy we have now. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of like comedy movies made like in the past 20 years or past 40 years that I still really like, right? Like I think of a movie like Superbad or uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. But the difference is... I think the comedy nowadays is based on action, not necessarily dialogue. Because this whole entire film takes place, or most of it takes place in an airplane. So they don't really have a lot of room to move. Even the camera itself doesn't have a lot of room to move. But like you watch movies like Superbad or um, The Hangover, like there's situations, there's action. There's like, it's like, you know, I don't know, like like even Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like I always remember when like the, the car... Uh, they accidentally destroyed a Ferrari, right? Like, it's not based yep. on dialogue. Like, the, the joke or is the based parade. on... Or the parade. It's yep. based on uh, an action sequence. Like, and when I say action, I don't mean action like an action movie. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not yep. dialogue. It's still action. I, I think a lot of people don't don't know that. But, in, I mean, obviously, anything where you're not speaking is action. Yeah, and so, so that's the thing about writing good comedy, like, good dialogue, I should say. If you want it to be funny, you can't spend two three four five minutes setting up a joke because your audience is clever and they're going to understand the joke and know it before it hits and therefore it won't land well because people just already know it it's not like surprising so it's not as funny no and what they do is they also pre they do they set up things in advance too where they're 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 doing like you said they're doing multiple jokes at once but at least one or two of those is only going to pay off later so they may have the thing where, like, I picked a hell of a week to quit smoking cigarettes. That's not a joke, but it's setting up a joke that will come later where all of a sudden I picked a hell of a week to quit amphetamines. I picked a hell of a week to quit sniffing glue. So, but it takes a while for those to actually pay off. And they're constantly doing that as well. Like when, even at the end, when Leslie Nielsen, you know, comes in, right, as they're about to land, he says, you know, I just want to let you know, good luck. We're all counting on you. And then that's not a joke. But later on, when they're in the middle of landing, and he says the exact same line, and then later on, after they've already landed, and he says the exact same line in the exact same way, that's the joke. And then they're they're so they're also doing that, you know, they're they're planning in advance. There there's payoffs that will come on down the line, and I love that about it because you're still watching out for while there's all these gags that are happening in front of you. There's also a lot of careful planning for what's going gonna happen next. You know. This movie makes me want to watch a bunch of Mel Brooks movies because when I when I talk to my friends, they always say the three funniest movies that they've ever seen is Airplane, Life of Brian, and and uh, the Mel Brooks film Blazing Saddles. Now, I watched Blazing Saddles in a classroom. My teacher decided to show it to us, and we were like, it didn't go well. <laughs> we were like traumatized. <laughs> we thought our teacher was like racist. I did not understand it. I've never seen Blazing Saddles since. I just remember it being this like horrific moment in the classroom watching this movie that I just did not understand. I didn't understand satire. I didn't understand what this movie is about. I just didn't understand why my teacher was showing us this movie. Like Airplane is not a movie where in 2020 you're going to be laughing out loud throughout the whole entire film. But man, there's some scenes where I could not stop laughing. And that speaks volumes for a movie that came out 40 years ago. So 
I think it's one yeah. of the best comedies ever made. Like, I would agree with the critics who say it's one of the, like, 100 greatest films of all time, at least in terms of, like, Hollywood. Because, like, the movie's groundbreaking. It's sort of like a milestone for the genre. And regardless if I like the genre or not, it is, like, the granddaddy, I think, of spoofs. Now, some people might argue that Mel Brooks did it better and did it before, maybe. But I kind of feel like Airplane is what made it popular. Yeah, Airplane is definitely what made it popular. And these guys had done their own spoof before that. Uh, John, John Landis directed uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, um, which I've seen. And, you know, it has good moments, but you can tell they're still kind of honing. But it's still not like an overall film. It's like it's different vignettes. Yeah, yeah. And some of them land with a thud and they just they hadn't quite figured it out yet. Airplane is the culmination, I think, of what they're the kind of comedy they had been working on. And yeah, Mel Gibson or uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks had done it first. But I see I Blazing Saddles is is brilliant to me as a concept and in certain scenes, but I've comedy so subjective, it's so personal. I've never found it to be particularly funny. Oh, I remember um, just hating it. I did not find yeah. it funny at all. I'm not a Mel Brooks fan. Uh, I don't like his movies. I don't. I don't. People who look back fondly on Spaceballs, I, I think like, well, yeah, when I was a kid, I kind of liked it, but none of the jokes really work for me now. Whereas Airplane, they still work. There's there's something about it. there's an edge. There's a bite to the jokes in Airplane. I mean, that very first scene when they're when you said they're they're everybody's walking to the airport and they're introducing the characters. And you hear that conversation that's going on between the two people who are telling you the red curb is for, you know, the red zone is for, you know, no unloading or whatever, no no stopping the red zone. The white zone is for loading, unloading. And all of a sudden it gets into a discussion about <laughs> about abortion, about the, the, the female version of this voice having an abortion. Like, there's a real bite to this. Um, and that happens several times throughout the movie where there's, there's edge that I, you don't necessarily expect in a movie like this because they ended up... Spoofs ended up going, relying so heavily on the goofy side of things that they forgot to have that kind of um, acerbic wit that Airplane still has. I still can't believe this is Leslie Nielsen's first comedic role. Like, I just, I always thought he was already known as a great comedy actor prior to Airplane. Like, it's only after watching Airplane in 2020 and doing a bit of research that I realized it's his first comedy role. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and the funny thing is, the crazy thing is, he's not even that, like, he's not even the funniest character in the film. Um, So it's, it's, it's interesting to see him become sort of like the biggest actor in terms of, like, spoof films, when in the movie, his character is I mean, he's funny, but he's, I don't think he's the funniest. I could be wrong. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like there's uh, actors in this movie that deliver way better lines of dialogue. Like, I mean, Barbara, uh, what's her name? Billingsley, uh, mm-hmm. the old lady, the jive lady. Uh, she was like, from from my understanding, she was like this very famous actress who was sort of like the... She was Leave it to Beaver's mom. Yeah, I was going to say, the the, the the perfect like sitcom mom. Um, so yes, and then she she shows up in this movie and she's talking jive. Uh, I mean, that entire scene is fantastic. And, and that scene, by the way, they actually uh, improvised their lines of dialogue. Like, it was completely improv. Like, they had they had dialogue written in the script, and they were like, nah, we could do it better. And they, they did their own lines, uh, which is, like, fantastic, because that's probably, like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead again, but maybe my favorite scene in the film. And, and the cast, there's so many people in this movie. Like, not big-name actors, but a lot of faces you would recognize. Yeah, like Lloyd Bridges is another great example of somebody who I, I'm not sure if he had done comedic roles up to that point, but man, is he great in this movie. I mean, there's so many people. Everybody's pretty much spot on, again, except for one person. And I don't think it's necessarily their fault. Maybe it is. I don't know. It could be the characters written, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, but otherwise, everybody does their job. Even if they're supposed to be goofy, they generally are goofy as it, like they, they, they try to believe that their character would be this way. Um, and that makes all the difference, all the difference to the world, so that when all this stuff is happening, and this movie throws a ton of sight gags at you, like, you can at least stay invested in the world. Like, for some reason, you can actually believe that a little 10-year-old kid is sophisticated and hitting on this 10-year-old girl, you know, bringing her coffee and reading, you know, Forbes magazine and everything like that. That that by the way is that was the one the one line when I rewatched it that made me want to pick airplane again was when the little boy sits down and he says you know how do you take your coffee with cream and sugar and she says no black like my men <laughs> it's like oh my god 
that I, that's the kind of stuff I don't you just I don't think you'd see anymore. You could, no, not not that's the, that I mean, that I'm talking you, about. You could see like in an indie film, including like yeah. jokes like that, but not in the Hollywood system. And that's what I was arguing on Facebook. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, they just would not make this movie. I mean, I just like read this stupid article about people being all upset about some like Disney movie that came out because they're referencing some kidney about Selena Gomez or something. It's like people just get mad about everything when she herself, the singer actress, doesn't even care. <laughs> like, you know I mean? but everyone else cares. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. I, um... I mean, that that moment where the the you know the woman who I, I love the scene with her earlier on, the one who's always saying you know her husband Jim, you know Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home or Jim never vomits at home. For some reason, I love that little internal monologue. But later on, when she kind of starts panicking and she's like, I can't take this anymore, and everybody's lining up to slap her. I just don't think that would play either. But it's so funny. It's it's a parody on the frantic woman that happens in movies so much, but it's so funny. Oh, that scene is amazing. Again, I don't think that would 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 uh would go smoothly over today's audience. I think people would just like get upset. Like here's the thing. I think, and I could be totally wrong, but I think if you're writing comedy, it's easier to actually make fun of people. I think it's the easiest kind of jokes you can you can write. So I don't think it necessarily means it's good writing. But the thing is, a lot of great comedy, you know, you look at you look at stand-up comedy or SNL, for example, which still does it. I mean, that's what they do. They make fun of people. They make fun of situations. I mean, they laugh at life. And sometimes it's like you're laughing at life because you know it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be therapeutic. Um, I don't tend to get too offended sometimes when I watch like movies like this because again, it doesn't come across as mean spirited. If it did. Like, you know, if the movie felt, like, racist or homophobic, okay, then, like, clearly I wouldn't, like, feel comfortable watching the movie or recommending it, but not Airplane. So, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, it's it's the peak for spoofs. I think most people can agree on that, although there are a lot of people out there who do really love Top Secret, and uh, and I like Top Secret as well. It's another, you know, Abrams, another Zazz production. Um, I think Airplane is far superior to Top Secret, but... Uh, outside of those two, I don't think that it, it, the spoof genre has been steadily, it steadily went downhill until it just died. It was, it committed suicide essentially because the stuff that they were making with like scary movie five and not another gladiator movie or whatever, stuff like that is just so atrocious. Um, they, they, they don't follow any of those rules. The Zuckers knowing that they wanted to spoof a dramatic genre and casting dramatic actors is just one example of how they understood what was funny. Because later movies, even like movies that I like, like Hot Shots and, uh, you know, Hot Shots Part 2, never was a fan of the Naked Gun movies, personally. But they they wouldn't cast, they cast comedic actors in these roles. They... They're, they're mugging for the camera more. They're referencing other movies, specific movies, a lot more. They're, they, they rely on you having seen a lot. And if you haven't seen those things, that's the joke. The joke is Rambo. That, that's not really a joke. I remember watching Hot Shots and Top Secret and the baseball one Major League. And I mean, like, it's not it's, I, I, I didn't dislike the films. They're just not really my go to movies. Like, I, I never really want to ever watch them again. But uh, there was one movie that came out not too long ago called Tropic Thunder, which I thought was amazing. Uh, that movie totally worked. Yes, and it's almost like it's not really I wouldn't call it a spoof, even though the characters are definitely behaving goofy. Um, it doesn't it is a kind of a send up of action movies. There's no question about that. Uh, I, I don't know. Does that belong in the spoof genre? What is the spoof genre anymore? And is there going to ever be a spoof genre again? Do you think this is a genre that can ever come back? I mean, I know that the jokes, you know, airplane probably would not get made today, but maybe in the future things will go the other way and comedy will start having a little more bite to it. Um, at least movie comedy, I should say, because stand-up comedians are still able to perform and and have the, that edge, but movies have totally gone soft when it comes to that. Can there ever be another spoof genre again? Like, do you think that this genre is dead? Kind of like the, you know, the, you know, what were we talking about with His Girl Friday? The um, screwball comedy is pretty much dead. I don't know. I mean, like, have you seen The Righteous Gemstones? No, I have not. I mean, I would consider that uh, a parody, a spoof, although it's a TV show. But it's it's a parody and a spoof of, like, actual, like, people and religion and and not just of movies. 
I mean, yes, I think with the right people doing it, I mean, Tropic Thunder in terms of like movies is like the last one I can think of that I think did it successfully. Aside from Tropic Thunder, I can't really think of a successful spoof movie that's that's that I personally think is well written and good. And it's also I mean, there have been some that have been successful at the box office, but I mean, it's because they released the movies in January. Right. So like if you have um, what was the the one that spoofed 300? It was um oh god meet the spartans or something yeah like exactly that. so that movie got released in january the only competition it had was the last rambo film uh which was like rated r i believe yes it was either rambo or expendables it was one of those two films right it was an action film rambo or expendables one of the sequels i don't know it was rated r so like if you wanted to go to a movie theater in the month of january you want to take your friends or family to go see a movie uh, like really that was your, your, your only option for a new movie. So that movie made like $120 million, like, like in the first like week or two alone. But I was like, yeah, because there's no competition. People were desperate to go see a movie. So yes, I do think these movies can still make money. I mean, you see Adam Sandler making terrible movies all the time and it's considered a quote unquote success because Netflix puts it on the top of their homepage. So everyone sees it, everyone clicks play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people like the movie or think it's good. Just a lot of people were curious to watch it. But in terms of, like, really well-made, well-written, funny, actual, like, spoof parody films, it's going to be a really hard genre to bring back in the sense that we're going to get a bunch of them, like, released every year. You know, like, with horror and westerns and, you know, whatever, crime thrillers, like, uh, serial, serial killer movies, like, you name it, these movies will we'll have like they'll, they'll always have a comeback you'll have like a few years where we're not going to get a lot of good ones and all of a sudden there's like this wave of great films right and it's like it's like on vogue again but with this kind of like movie there's just not enough people interested in making it anymore i think the other problem is that uh, because people don't watch as many movies as they used to i think they're they're more into tv shows um it's going to be hard to spoof a genre because i, I think people are going to start understanding genres less the only real genre that's out there i think that people will actually get the tropes of is the superhero movie but i you know i think they've they've tried spoofing superhero movies already with you know hack writers that that haven't done a very good job again the spoof the spoof is just an embarrassment right now that this genre is an embarrassment anybody who tries it now it's just relegated to -to direct-to-video stuff um but yeah, that's the only thing. I, I can't see them. How, how, what would they spoof? Because what are audiences going to understand? At least by the time Airplane came out, they had gone through a decade. The 70s was a decade of disaster movies. So people kind of understood the rhythms of a disaster movie. You know, anywhere from Airport to Airport 75 to, you know, the Towering Inferno and the Poseidon Adventure. This was the decade where all those movies came out and people sort of understood like, okay, we have a, we have a movie about a disaster. And we've been watching those for the last 10 years. We kind of get it. Now, okay, there's a few movies that are coming back to me that I think are, I guess, are spoofs, like parodies. There's, um, oh my God, the animated film Sausage Party. Oh, yeah. I mean, would you consider that part of the genre? I wouldn't call it a spoof. No, I don't think so. Just a comedy. Um, Okay. Yeah, I would just call it a comedy. It might be a satire of some sort. What about Austin Powers? Austin Powers is very spoofish. I would call that spoofish, yes. Sort of. Like, it's definitely... Uh, to me, that's like Tropic Thunder, where they're kind of straddling both sides, where you can see them either being a straight-up comedy, because they're telling a story, for sure. It's not just a collection of scenes or anything like that, although airplanes do the same thing. Like, Yeah, I would say Austin Powers and Tropic Thunder are right along those lines. They aren't throwing as many gags at you as Airplane was, but they have that similar tone. Okay, before we move to break, I'm gonna I'm gonna name a few movies and you tell me yes or no. Galaxy Quest. No, that is a that's a comedy. That's a, a comedy. I think so movie. too. I think so too. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. That is a spoof. Okay. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's a tough one. That's that's right along the Tropic Thunder lines. That's uh, <laughs> that's another one that straddles the line. I think all I got is Mel Brooks films apart from that. Oh, actually, um, the uh, the vampire one, What We Do in the Shadows, which also is a TV show. Yeah, that one I would call a spoof, yes. What We Do in the Shadows is a spoof. One I've never seen but here is great is MacGruber. MacGruber's definitely a spoof. Uh, if you like the character from SNL, then you'll like the movie. If you don't find that character funny, you will not like that movie at all. But yes, I, I like MacGruber. It's not an all-time classic or anything, but it's it's funny. Yeah, so they still do make 
these movies. It's just few and far between. I just don't remember one being a huge box office success where like, like the thing about comedies is when you have a comedy that like, you know, you think of um, Dumb and Dumber or Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, like those movies became so big everyone talked about like even if you didn't see the movie it was all over the news you know people making like appearances on like late night tv uh shows like snl spoofing it 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 being referenced in like sitcoms and i remember like that for example is why jim carrey became like the highest paid actor in hollywood at one point in time because the movie was just so big it was bigger than like the, the hype surrounding the movie and the discussion about the movie was bigger than the actual movie itself yes it was kind of like hey did you watch dumb and dumber and they're like, no. And then you start talking to the person for 20 minutes about why the movie's so great. And the person's like, okay, uh, I didn't see the movie. Why am I talking about this? You know, like, it's one of those movies. Yeah, Fairly Brother movies were, for the longest time, they were the brand of spoof. Over the, you know, they, they became the new Zazz in a way. Like, that was their genre for those sort of wacky comedies. I'm not sure they were, see, with the Fairly Brothers, though, I wouldn't call them spoofs because they weren't actually send offs of any particular kind of movie. Yeah, they they employed a lot of the the tricks and a lot of the type of humor that that the spoofs would have, but yeah, they were they were their own thing. I would consider Tropic Thunder a spoof. I would put like if I were to make the top five, I mean, I'll have to really think about this. I would probably change my mind if I really think about this, but off the top of my head, Airplane would for sure be like in a number one or number two spot. But I might actually put Austin Powers at number one just because overall, like in terms of like the way the movie's made, the production values, the soundtrack the musical sequences, the cast, the acting. I think that movie's incredible. So maybe I would actually put Austin Powers in like first place, even if it's not as groundbreaking as Airplane. And I know, I remember, I remember Spaceballs being the one Mel Brooks film that I actually did find extremely funny. But like you, I watched it when I was really young. I don't know if yeah. I would find it funny in 2020, but Tropic Thunder, I would put in my top uh, five. I really love that movie. I'm with you on Tropic Thunder for sure. I'm not sure if I would put Austin Powers. I like Austin Powers. And, uh, you know, I like that whole series. But I'm not sure if I would put the first one in my top five. It'd be close. It'd be towards the bottom. But um, I, I think that uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, although I'm not really sure that that's exactly a spoof either, but it is its own kind of thing. And also, um, like, this is Spinal Tap. Like, isn't that considered, like, a mockumentary, not a parody spoof? Isn't it, like, its yes. own genre? That's a mockumentary, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could obviously, there's genre blending. You could certainly make a case that this is Spinal Tap is a spoof on rockumentaries. It's a mockumentary, but is it a spoof on rockumentaries as well? I think you could make that case. Because, I mean, then you can make the case that Mars Attacks or Hot Fuzz, uh, you know, going back to Shaun of the Dead, or even Galaxy Quest, which I mentioned earlier, are, are spoof slash parody films. Like, I'm not entirely sure where you draw the line. But in well, any I case... Feel like yeah, I feel like it has to be a send-off of a particular genre or it's not really a spoof. Um, and I think what you had with like Tropic Thunder is there's definitely a send-off on war movies where it tries to hit the beats of war movies while also poking fun at the tropes of war movies. Well, to me, that's, a, that's, a, that's more of a spoof. Shaun of the Dead is definitely doing a send-off on zombie movies, using the tropes of zombie movies to mine for humor while also trying to be kind of a zombie movie. Sort of like how Airplane is using the tropes of disaster movies while also being, you know, being a disaster movie, hitting those beats. Um, yeah, I, I think with, with certain movies, they don't necessarily do that. That's why I'm not really sure. Like, Holy Grail, they're not really spoofing anything. Any, they're not spoofing, like, an adventure genre or something. Um, so I, maybe I couldn't count that. Um, by the way, this movie has seven of the greatest taglines ever written. I won't read all seven, but I will read one. The plane's going to Chicago. The pilot's going to New York. The passengers are going to pieces. Love it. <laughs> oh, everything about this. There's so many lines to quote from this. Um, I, I was showing I was showing a coworker of mine really quick before we go to break. I was showing a coworker of mine the scene of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the kid talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and because because we work in a sports card uh, you know business, and uh, just stuff like that. Uh, when he's dragged out later, when he, you know, he's been poisoned, food, he's got food poisoning, he's sick, and then suddenly you see that below his pilot uniform, he's wearing his Lakers shorts. <laughs> I think little touches like that are fantastic. Um, all right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with our five questions. Here's another clip from Airplane. Both pilots. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. 
Doctor, I've checked everyone. Mr. Stryker's the only one. What flying experience have you had? Well, I flew single-engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's an entirely different kind of flying, altogether. It's, it's an, an entirely, entirely different, different kind of flying. flying. Okay, that was another clip from Airplane. We are now at our segment of the podcast where we ask our five questions, though I think we'll probably spend less time on one of those questions since we kind of went over it in the main thing. But first things first, Rick, what is your what was your favorite scene from Airplane? You kind of alluded to it, maybe. Wow, okay, I got two, but I think you're going to agree with one. So the first scene is the jive dudes when they start talking jive and the old lady stands up and she basically translates and then they add the subtitles that <laughs> to this day like oh my god like i wish the whole movie or not the whole movie i wish 50 percent of the movie was like in jive that is so funny <laughs> and they're talking about like one guy is uh is his wife is cheating on him right yep. isn't that yep. what they're talking about yeah yeah um, but I think, honestly, I think the scene that I just could not stop laughing at was when the autopilot, auto, auto, the, the, the inflatable doll, she needs to blow air into him. And then the captain, well, not the captain, a doctor walks in while she's blowing air into him. And it looks like she's going down on a dude. I don't know, man. Like, I think that scene is hilarious. Like, I would go so far as to say that Otto is arguably the most famous character in this film. Like, yes, there's famous actors and there's also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but in terms of, like, characters, he's the character that everybody remembers. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you also remember his name. Like, I, I have trouble remembering the names of everyone else. Like, I know there's Roger Roger, Roger Murdoch, and then there's uh, Captain Clarence Over. Clarence Over, yep. That's because of the running joke, which is a great joke, too. But, yeah, yeah. no, the blowjob scene is Oh my god, that scene is incredible. It is so funny. So it funny. Really the look on Leslie Nielsen's face as he comes in, he's like, whoa, I'm interrupting something here. Uh, and the heaving, it like the blow-up the, the the it's not a blow-up doll, the, the autopilot is getting inflated, so of course it's expanding, but it looks like some dude that's like breathing heavy. <laughs> it's a perfect frame, just great setup. It's got to be, like, one of the most iconic movie objects of all time. I mean, there's things, like, you know, you can look at Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Like, Indiana Jones is, like, fedora or his whip, stuff like that. But this is, like, actually a character in the movie. Yeah, he became the face of the movie. And they end the movie with him taking off. Like, I, and that just shows you how important he is. And now, I think, like, subsequent DVD box covers and stuff, they would emphasize him more than, than they originally did. Um, it's hard for me to pick like a favorite. If I, if I have to go with an entire scene where it's a, you know, a start to finish thing, it's when the little boy gets brought up. I can't remember if his name is Billy or Tommy or Joey. whatever. Joey. There you go. <laughs> it's one of those things, right? Yeah. When he's brought up to the cockpit from beginning to end, that contains so many different kinds of jokes. It's got his discussion with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's, you know, Roger Murdoch, the co-pilot. And then it's got... Clarence saying these bizarre things to him. Have you ever been in a trickish prison? <laughs> you know, the, all these questions that he asks him. Um, that to me is my favorite scene. But the thing about airplanes, it's it's filled with favorite moments, right? It's like your favorite gag or whatever. Some of the most bizarre stuff to me. I love when, um, oh man, see now I can't remember the name. I just watched this the other night. But the the guy who's who's Ted Stryker's former commanding officer. Uh, for some reason, I cannot remember his name. I, Robert Stack is the actor's name. Captain Rex Kramer. Rex Kramer. That's yeah. the guy, yeah. So Rex Kramer is, has just got to the airport. And for whatever reason, and I, what I, one of the things I love about Airplane and movies in general is that they give you glimpses into other times. And clearly there was something going on with religious people trying to get donations at airports. That was actually happening, though. I read I read about it. I, the, the, the thing is, they were actually doing it at airports. It was the go-to place for them to go. I, I just think it's so... It must have been annoying the hell out of everybody because they included that joke so many times. And I love when he walks through and it's, he's just no-nonsense <laughs> beaten. Like, he's just being assaulted on all sides by different causes. And he's punching out and kicking every single one of them. He's, like, doing karate moves and flipping over somebody's back and... And he's doing it all completely nonchalantly. Like, he's not even getting excited. This is It's almost like this is just normal airport, walking through an airport for him, is that you have to beat up a few people, like, soliciting donations from you. Do you remember the name of the church? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. The, the Religious Consciousness Church, I think? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. 
the Church of Religious Consciousness. Yeah. Yes. But then he's got like other people walking up to him, like you know, more nuclear power, you know, and all all that kind of stuff. So it's just cause after cause after cause wanting donations. Um, th- those are the little. Uh, that's like a moment I really like, even though it's not necessarily a joke that works in today's society. It lets me kind of. It fills me in on kind of what people were laughing at back then or what they might have been annoyed at back then it's just something that doesn't happen today uh, all right so that being said i always like to get the pauses out of the way and there are a ton of positives i mean almost there's so many quotable lines from this movie so many scenes that people recite but um if there's one thing you could change about airplane what would it be rick Oh, man, I really thought hard about this, and I know you got something you want to change. I don't know if that would change anything. Like, I mean, like, the only thing that really bugs me is the opening with the Jaws music, and I've already explained why, but I don't know. I, I just I just don't see any reason to change anything, really. Would you have, so if you had taken out the Jaws thing, I'm assuming you would just, like, cut the Jaws music and... Um... Well, could could that scene actually work without the Jaws music? Could that opening shot work? Or would you cut that opening shot and go with a different beginning? It's a minor nitpick, and I'm only, I mean, I, I really do not like the opening Jaws, because it's a first impression, and that's why it bugs yep. me. I don't want my first, first impression to be the worst joke in the movie. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I like about this movie, and the reason why I would uh, find it difficult to really cut anything in between, is because as a comedy... Uh, the pacing is absolutely incredible. I mean, this movie is like an hour and a half, I think. I think it's an hour and 26 minutes long. Like, it, it, it zooms by. The It's got such in, impeccable timing in terms of, like, when uh, they deliver the, the, the jokes. And, again, joke after joke after joke after joke. The timing and the pacing is, like, almost pitch perfect in terms of, like, the writing and the direction and the editing. Like, they went into the editing room and they knew exactly when to cut. There's no shot that feels like it's a second or two seconds longer than it should be. Yeah, that's something I noticed, like, with the other night when I was watching it for the second time in the last couple of weeks, is the editing is spot on. The editing is so contributes to why this movie is funny. Its little cutaways are perfect. Um, it just gets it. It knows how long to hold on a shot so that you can actually process the information. Because sometimes there's so many things going on, and they'll cut away to, like, the, the no smoking sign. And always be like, no smoking. And then there's one where it's like, no having sex. <laughs> Did you see that one? Um, like they've got a little shape of two people lying on top of each other. Or there's ones where it'll say, please take your seat. And then it'll be like in this Italian mashup thing, uh, you know, go sit down, sit down or something like that. Uh, they know exactly how long to hold those shots so that you can actually get the joke. And it, that, that works throughout the entire movie. They, there's never a point where they, they cut away too quick or cut away uh, or, or hold on something too long. You know, there, there's a joke in the movie where the joke is the old lady commits suicide because Ted Stryker is driving her crazy with the stories of his life, right? And so, again, mm-hmm. a joke that you just could not do in 2020. People lose their minds. But, like, if you were to turn your head for, like, a split second, you would completely miss that joke. Mm-hmm. Because they show her hanging for, like, a second or two. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sort of slowly reveals. So it it starts on his face, and then it slowly sort of zooms out, and you get to see her legs kind of swinging back and forth until it finally shows both of her legs. So you at least have enough time to process that part. But they don't don't ever show her face, which is a smart move, because that wouldn't be funny necessarily. But um, yeah, all the different suicides that happen. That actor who whose name I always forget, but he's in so many movies like Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, you know he's even Seinfeld and stuff like that. He's the the Japanese general that's committing suicide next to him, like uh. Oh Harry right. What is his name? He's a great actor and he's been around forever. He's one of those guys where I look at him, I'm like, was he ever young? <laughs> he always, it's uh, it's I want to say okay, I want to say Hong, but I feel like I'm like that's Hong Kong. <laughs> no, I think his name is Hong. Hold on, I'm trying to find an You might be right about that. That's that's ringing a bell. Um, yeah, that guy's that guy's fantastic. Yeah, James Hong. He's James Hong. James Hong. Yeah, here he is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a little <laughs> all those little suicide of the guy that's about to set himself on fire. Um, yeah, all that stuff is fantastic, and it's it's quick. It's very quick. They know exactly how, how long to, to hold it. The editing in this movie is fantastic. 
Um, but I would change one thing. There's no question. And watching it twice within the last couple of weeks, I don't like the character of Johnny, who's in the control tower. The one who's like, you know, Leon's getting larger, and the guy says, what do you make of this? And he says, oh, I could make a paper hat, or I could make a brooch. He's the only character in this movie, like, and especially in that control tower, that is, there, he's not even trying to be a character in the movie. Wait, is this the guy that's really flamboyant? Like, he's eccentric? He looks like he belongs in a 40 screwball comedy? Definitely. Okay, you know what? I will agree with you. He's that's the one performance in a whole entire film where I felt he was on a different page than everyone else in this movie. Like it's like he was trying to act like he's in a screwball comedy. He was delivering the kind of performance that they specifically did not want. And it's 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 interesting that they let him get away with it because no one else in the movie delivers that kind of performance. No, and I don't understand why his character had to be played so broad. Like, at the end, he's making references to movies. You know, he's saying, like, he's saying, Auntie M, Auntie M, it's a twister, it's a twister. Like, why are you referencing The Wizard of Oz? It, just because the plane was, you know, twisting back and forth or whatever. And he's in a spoof. He's the only character that's in a spoof, like, that, that actually knows he's in a spoof. Do you know his name? The actor's name? Um, I've got it pulled up right here because I had to look up his name as being Johnny. I just <laughs> want to know if he's Steven... related to the producers. His name is Steven Stucker, but is not not Zucker, but Stucker. Um, he was in the, the, the Kentucky Fried movie, so they had definitely like you know worked with him before, and it's very possible that that was you know kind of his thing. Um, but regardless, I think his character, I would completely cut that character out. Um, just because I don't think the way that it's played and the way that it's written, by the way, I don't think those lines of, that are referencing other things outside the movie make any sense in that control tower. I think the control tower is fine in the last goofy bit that happens. Everybody there acts like it's business as normal. I mean, I love when, when Lloyd Bridges is telling everybody what to do, right? And they just walk up to him with no frame of reference, and he's telling them to go do something. You know, his wife calls, and he's like, I want the kids in bed, and I want the, you know, the lawn mowed, and all this other kind of stuff. He's just giving orders, right? It's all hilarious, and everybody's taking it completely seriously, except for Johnny. And to Johnny, this whole thing is a farce, and I just don't, I don't like that. It makes those... Like, the scenes where he's in it, they don't work as well. No, I completely agree. And it's not the scene. It's the, it's the actor. You just need to replace the actor and all is well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, who is the MVP of this, Rick? Oh, my God. This is a tough one. This is tougher <laughs> than, than normal. Oh, my God. I just want to say everyone. I mean, like, the scene when everyone flips out at the exact same time on the airplane because she asks if anyone in the airplane knows how to, like, fly an airplane and everyone loses their minds because they're like, oh, my God, we're going to crash. And there's, like, a sword fight that breaks out and a nun beating on someone. <laughs> and then a random topless woman for some reason because infantile humor is funny sometimes. <laughs> there's all sorts of weird stuff. I... God, man, I don't know. I mean, I can't even choose a specific actor because they all have moments, uh, great moments. I mean, do you just go with the, the screenplay writers because they also directed the film? I mean, I guess. But then you got three MVPs here. You got Jim Abrahams, David, and Jerry Zucker. Is it Zucker or Zucker? I've always said Zucker, but I have yeah. no idea. That I could be just because I'm thinking of Smuckers. Um grape jelly there's also a I've horse al the horse makes a great cameo appearance um there's the dog <laughs> you imagine doing dog. that nowadays too by the way no the horse scene like <laughs> good lord <laughs> you can you can let yourself out the back oh man um <laughs> the I, horse I, in the bed is like but you know why i find i could not stop laughing at that scene also because for years and years, I would always bug my friends and family about the Godfather movies. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. He wakes up and there's a, a dead horse in his bed. Like, how the hell did he get the horse in his bed and nobody notices? Like, was he sleeping with the horse? Like, so it was this ongoing joke. And I watched this movie and I'm like, there's this horse. <laughs> like, she's sleeping with a horse. <laughs> I'm sorry. And he's staying down. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> I, you know, I all I could, kept thinking was if I, I was that actress, like you're lying there next to this animal that isn't exactly sure what the hell's going on, and it would just take one kick. <laughs> like, good on her though for doing that, and she like totally maintains her calm. 
But but There's correct me if I'm wrong. There is a line that leads up to where he says something about his wife sleeping with horses, right? I don't remember I'm pretty anything sure, like that. I'm pretty sure there's a line where the guy says something about his wife sleeping with horses. Maybe cheating on him or something like. Well, because it's, it's the it's the wife of the pilot. I don't remember him saying anything like that. No, it's the wife of um, the, the the guy we were talking about before, the captain. Uh, the I don't know, like, was it Rex Kramer? Rex Kramer? No, no, it's not Rex Kramer's wife. It's the it's Peter Graves' wife, the pilot on the plane. So they call him. They say, "Oh, your your husband's the pilot. He's still alive." They tell her like he's he's still alive, but he's sick, like and he's got to land. So she's coming to the airport, and she's she's grabbing Rex Kramer because clearly, you know, she's an am- the amorous type, and. Um, but yeah, it's 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 Peter Graves' wife, because Rex Kramer's wife is at home. Like she's you know with the dog and all that kind of stuff. I just and don't the, understand and the... how they got the horse in the bed, told the <laughs> horse to lie down. Like I mean, she's like like she's legit talking to the horse, and when she gets up, the horse gets up. Yeah, it like raises its head when she starts talking to it, and it like raises its head like it's listening to her, and then it starts <laughs> to get up. <laughs> It's stuff like that that's absolutely brilliant. And you wonder, like, okay, when you're discussing an MVP of this, like, who is – it's a great question because you have three writer-directors, and they can't all – you know, I don't know. They all work together. Like, you, so if you consider them the MVP of their team, I guess – okay, I'm going to narrow it down to one of the two main actors. And so that's either going to be Robert Hayes or um, – oh, my God, remind me who Elaine was – um Julie Haggerty. Yeah, she is yeah. uh so good in this movie. Like completely underrated in my book. Yes, and I kind of want to go with Julie Haggerty in this because I think she's sort of the glue that holds it all together ultimately. Even though I know that Robert Hayes, you know, his, his Ted Striker is the main character, the, the sort of the main character. I feel like she's the one that holds it together and she gets enough scenes on her own to stand apart from that and she does an <laughs> outstanding job. There's something about her that really grounds everything. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of want to give it to her. Even though, look, the, the, the you know, Zaz, they, they, Abrams and the Zuckers, they did an amazing job. This is obviously a brilliant script and everything like that. And the, all the actors are, are fantastic outside of the one that we mentioned already. But, uh, yeah, I'll give, it, I'll give it to Julie Haggard even. Um, so we, we already talked about the, you know, the audience for this going forward. I think that there's plenty. I think anybody can watch. I think 50 years from now, you'll be able to watch Airplane and still find it funny. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, there's at least... We're going to jump ahead here to the next question. There's at least three great scenes. I would argue there's five great scenes. Yeah. God, because cause the I thing mean... is, usually when we ask this question, we're reviewing movies that are like, crime thrillers or horror films like we've never really done it for a comedy and so to me a great scene doesn't mean it's got great cinematography or great acting or great like special effects it doesn't mean it it doesn't necessarily have to do with the production values like the editing or it could just be that it's a really incredibly entertaining in this case funny scene so we we talked about the horse scene we talked about the blowjob scene we talked about the uh, jive scene you talked about when Joey walks into the cockpit and starts talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the pilot. That whole sequence is just well-written, well-paced, and well-acted. I mean, it's so tight. Um, I mean, I, and I, I already spoke about the opening scene. I think this movie has at least three great scenes. And like, even if we were to nitpick with the opening Jaws theme song and or that one actor who just feels out of place... I don't think it has a bad scene. I think every scene in this film serves a purpose. Like it works within the story. Like this movie is telling a story, right? Mm -hmm. And every scene has at least one joke, if not multiple jokes, that's really, really funny. And if not funny, like maybe you won't laugh out loud, but it's really clever. So I think this movie passes the Howard Hawks test. And what was your question again? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, well, that that is it. I mean, uh, essentially, you know, we already basically discussed, you know, who that this had, movie has an audience going forward. So that was going to be the, the question: Does this movie then pass the Howard Hawks test? Uh, three great scenes and no bad ones. And I think you're absolutely right. Even the the little moments; those are honestly the only two things that annoy me in this in this movie. Like that's it. If you take away Johnny's performance and you know the Jaws thing at the very beginning, that's it. The, the rest of it. Even when I'm not laughing out loud, it's keeping me in a good mood, and I'm 
I'm willing to laugh out loud at what's coming next. So that's kind of the job of a comedy as well. They can't always make you laugh. You have to be also able to pay attention and listen to what's going on. There have to be lulls, you know, peaks and valleys to a comedy. But what a comedy's job is, is that in between those peaks, it's got to keep you in the right frame of mind. And Airplane does. It just throws a bunch of stuff at you that puts you in a good mood because it's amusing, if not laugh out loud funny. Thus, when something does come along that's laugh out loud funny, you're ready for it. You're in the you're in the right state of mind for it. Before I forget, I've been wanting to ask you this for like an hour now. Have you seen the sequel? Because I've never seen Airplane 2. I have seen Airplane 2. Um, it's got a, a few moments. There were definitely a couple of moments that made me laugh out loud, but it is not as good, I would say. It's it's less inspired. It it has William Shatner in, in a couple of really, really funny funny moments but and there are some good sight gags throughout like these guys are just really good at sight gags and they they prove that also in top secret but i would say that airplane 2 you don't need to watch it if, if the spoof especially if the spoof genre is not your thing i wouldn't bother there are better spoofs but it's not written or directed by the same people i don't think so it's called airplane 2 the sequel and no it's um it's not directed nor written by the same people Nope, it looks like Ken Finkelman, whoever that is. Well, it's not as good. So, yeah, definitely you, you can skip that one. Um, and like I say, there the, the Abrams at least made, I liked Top Secret, and who knows, maybe you might like Top Secret better now as you're, you know, now that you're older and have a different point of perspective on things. But um, just because it also plays on a lot of movie movie tropes. But yeah, I would say this definitely passes the test. I, I'm with you. I think this is one of the greatest comedies ever made. I, I don't think that, that can be stated enough, and I hope it doesn't get sort of lost. Um, but it shouldn't, because it's playing on Netflix. You know, it, it definitely makes the rounds in streaming. Airplane's around. People should be able to see it. Every time I bring up the movie Airplane to people that I w wouldn't have expected to have seen it, you know, as they're talking about good comedies, they've all seen it, and they all like it. So I think that's the good thing about Airplane. It is, it is still surviving. It is still, if not thriving, I wouldn't say it's necessarily doing that, but I think it, people are still watching it and still enjoying it. And I think it will continue to be that way because it is one of the funniest movies ever made. There's something in here for everybody, whether you like slapstick or witty wordplay, it's in there. I mean, there, there's, you brought up earlier the, you know, the reference about how I've been nervous many, I've been nervous many times. Instead of first time, one of my favorite little exchanges is between the doctor and the pilot, where he's asking the, the doctor is asking the pilot, you know, when do you think that we're going to land? And he's like, I can't really say. There's so many problems. And he's like, you know, I can't. I, I couldn't tell you. And he says, you can tell me anything. I'm a doctor. And the guy's like, oh, I just don't know. And the doctor says, you can't make a guess. And so the pilot says, well, in another two hours. And so the doctor says, you can't make a guess for another two hours. Stuff like that. Those little exchanges, which I'm paraphrasing horribly. That's their witty wordplay. There's plenty of that in there. But then there's also just plenty of goofy, dumb, broad humor as well. It has something for everybody. It, and that's what makes it one of the best comedies of all time, too. Okay. I'm like, I, you're going to be shocked. I don't think I've ever seen Top Secret. Oh. No. Because I'm watching a trailer now, and I do not recognize this movie at all. And Val Kilmer is in this movie? Am I looking at the yeah, right movie? Yeah, he's... What? He's fantastic, and it's got, it's kind of a musical too. It's got musical numbers in it, and it's paired in kind of those World War II resistance movies, like the French Resistance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, plus, it's at the same time paired in like beach movies, those Elvis beach bingo party. You okay, know, I've movies. never seen this movie. You, you know what? For the for forever now, forever, I've been wanting someone to choose a movie I haven't seen, and oh. I've never seen Top Secret. So maybe I'll try to watch it if it's on netflix or amazon prime and if i like it maybe i'll choose it for a future for a future episode because yeah most of the time when i i kind of feel like there's one movie you recommended that i didn't see prior but i can't remember what it was i can't either but, but... usually i've seen most movies that we we review at least one time in the past like what airplane yeah. i've seen it many times but i saw it when i was younger so it's kind of like it was it was refreshing to watch it again like i did not remember most of the jokes um so no, I don't think I've seen this movie. I'm looking at the trailer right now. There's no way in the world I've seen this movie. Okay. Uh, well, it's definitely like a lot of people consider it to be their favorite spoof of all time. I would still choose Airplane, but I do think Top Secret's really, really, really good. Um, it was not nearly as popular. So it was not a, a massive success or anything like that. 
not not like airplane you know it wasn't a cultural moment so yeah it's very i mean there's there's a lot of people that have not seen top secret it's definitely worth a watch too for for anybody who likes airplane it's got the same sort of sense to it the same sort of style and and i believe it was val kilmer's first movie role and he got he got a lead so good for him on that one if i ever see val kilmer in real life that is the movie that i always knew i'd say i loved you in top secret um all right. Well, that pretty much wraps things up for us. Uh, Rick, where can we find the podcast and all the good stuff, all the all the rest of the podcasts? There's so many podcasts. All right. You can find the podcast just about everywhere. First of all, over on the website, goombastomp.com. You can listen to the show on the website, on Spotify, on YouTube, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Podbean, and on iHeartRadio. I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, but yeah, all the episodes are over at goombastomp.com and I guess that's about it. We will be taking a week off, but we'll come back the week after and we're going to be reviewing It's a Wonderful Life because why not? It's Christmas time and uh, I want to talk about why I think that's like one of the darkest, most depressing movies ever made. <laughs> uh, you and I are in 100% agreement and you're the first person. You and I have never talked about It's a Wonderful Life, but you and I... I've never heard. I've always described it to people as the most depressing movie ever. You're the first person that I that I've ever uh, heard say the same thing. And brilliant, brilliant movie. Like it needed the ending, but we'll get into that next week. So, yes, or, the week the after. week after. Yeah. All right, that should do it. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Can I get you something? Your mofo butter laying into the bone, jacking me up. Tight me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say can't hang. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck a rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. It's a cutting Chump the one to help, chump. Don't get the hell. Say can't hang, say seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no brains in here.